Hello and welcome to The Rabbit Hole, the Definitive Developers Podcast, live from the Boogie Down Bronx. I'm your host, Michael Nunez, our co-host today. Dave Anderson. And our producer, William Jeffries. And today, we're we're continuing on the solid conversation with the interface segregation principle. Yep, all aboard the solid train. (laughs) It is a mouthful, and we're all aboard the interface train. And we'll get right to it. We still have this letter, the I in solid, and one more that we're planning to give. Of course, we had interviews and stuff like that, but we're back in the solid business. We're going to finish it. I promise you. We will complete solid together. This is number four of five. Right. What is the interface segregation principle? It sounds smart. It sounds very smart. It sounds bad. Shouldn't we be desegregating? I feel like we did this back in the 60s. Let all the interfaces <laughs> right. ride wherever they yeah. want on the bus. Maybe this, this is like kind of one of those terms that needs to get updated <laughs> for the 2020. Yes. <laughs> Got to refactor the solid principles. <laughs> yes. I feel like you could also call it interface specificity principle. Let's do that. We're not calling it what we called it before. It is now the interface specificity principle. It's still never. I think it's worse. Yeah, it's even harder to say. Yeah, yeah, that's the point. It's supposed to be awful. (laughs) I'm going to refer to this particular principle as the ISP from now on. Oh, but that's the internet service provider. No, 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 no. I I will use the internet service provider when I need to. But for now, ISP will be the interface specificity principle from now forward. Or interface forward. separateness principle? Separation principle? No. It's the still, interface separation. It's still a mouthful. Interface, yeah, I mean, like, don't mix it up principle. There you go. Well, we, 2020 has been forever. So we got till forever to figure out a better name for this before the end of the, before the, end of the year. According to Robert Martin, a friend of the show, I guess the quote is that it states that no client should be forced to depend on methods it does not use. Does anyone have any thoughts on that particular definition of the ISP, the interface specificity principle? I guess it's like telling you that you shouldn't have a Swiss army knife. If you're just trying to cut a block of cheese, you should just use a knife. (laughs) You should use a cheese knife for cheese. I like the idea of the objects rebelling against being forced to implement methods that they don't use. Wait, so you're saying that you like the idea (laughs) of that? I mean, the way he phrased it, it sounds like there's protests happening. Like, stop forcing us to implement these methods. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Object rights. (laughs) Exactly. I don't think the object really cares whether it implements the, the method or not, but... But it's the developer who has to implement things that aren't forced to be implemented. So you're forcing the developer to throw an exception when it's never going to use it anyway. Right. It's like if my knife interface is like modeled after the Swiss Army knife, then it needs to have a pliers method. It needs to have a toothpick method. And a scissors a method. Tweez- the scissors method, the tweezers method, the tiny knife method, the big knife method, the nail file. If your aunt who bought you this thinks you're mature enough, then it has the corkscrew <laughs> method. But like my aunt didn't think I was mature enough when she got me one, so I do not have the corkscrew method on my... I throw an exception for the corkscrew. Yeah, you would have to throw an exception for the corkscrew method, and that's crazy. 
Mm, yeah. This is too many methods to have to implement. If you were only using knives to cut what Dave mentioned before, which is if you want to cut a block of cheese, you wouldn't need tweezers and a nail file <laughs> for that. Maybe it's Romano. Maybe you try to grate, grate some Romano. Give you some nail file, I guess. Probably a little messy. It would be messy. It would be very messy. Yeah. So I guess the idea is like, if you got to cut something, then just have a method cut. And then maybe the Swiss Army knife could implement cut. Or it could be like the Brie knife, you know, which has like the, I don't know, it's like a flat thing that you gotta get in there and it's not very sharp, but you can still cut with it. Right. Through our journey of the solid principle, I've been leaning on the D-Zone. Dot com. You know, when you write in Java, the Java is really verbose, and I think it's really good to pick up some of the examples, especially from this language. And I think the example that they use to explain the interface specificity principle is like the idea of an athlete. And an athlete can compete in many things. So the interface athlete would have something like compete, but it also has a method for swim, a method for high jump any method for long jump. And the issue is that what if you are an athlete, say John Doe is a swimming athlete, Well, you wouldn't implement the high jump and the long jump if you know John Doe just swims. So you throw an exception, I guess, for the other two, and which becomes a problem because then you still have to implement this method for John Doe, even though you would never participate in any high jump or long jump related events. What are some ways to not get caught up in that is to, you know, create smaller interfaces for the athlete, say a swimmer athlete or a jumping athlete. I'm not too familiar with the high and long jump in the Olympics where athletes would do that. So I don't know if that's part of the same event. Correct me if I'm wrong. If those are two different sporting events, you would implement them differently, essentially. Yeah, there's even maybe swim. They're all different. And maybe even swim is too specific. Didn't Michael Phelps win 20-something gold medals because there's just so many swimming events? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because there's like the breaststroke race and then the side stroke and then there's backstroke. There's underwater. I don't particularly <laughs> know the Olympics at all, but he won mad medals. That's all I know. He has long arms and he wins a lot. So even then, you would have to break it down depending on what kind of swimming this athlete is going to do yeah so the idea is just to break it down yeah have the smallest most specific possible interface that the application needs i think go does this really good in their standard library with the io interfaces i was reading the docs for this a while back when i was working on a go project and so for io like input and output you have a couple of different basic interfaces where there's just like one method on it you could have a reader interface where the it just implements the read method where it'll give you some bytes or you could have a writer interface where you write some bytes or it could be like a closer interface where you close it or an opener interface where you open it and then it takes these like really granular interfaces and combines them into all different combinations like read writer or read write closer and then your code that you actually write is only coupled to that really specific thing that you actually need. 
So if you don't need to close the thing or you don't need to write from it, you just need to read, then you can just accept a reader. And in some cases, that's all you need. Like if you're receiving HTTP packets, you're not going to be writing to the the body of the request that you're receiving. You're only going to be reading from it. Being specific makes the code more clear, at least from the consumer perspective. On top of like, you know, the perspective that you were talking about where I guess whoever's writing the HTTP library, they don't need to put a write method onto their body because you don't write to a HTTP body, you only read from it. And I imagine that just keeps the, you know, exactly what the interface is doing and what methods are expected of that interface. Because if it was just the library where it's like, oh, HTTP and does all these different things and you're only using one part of it, then it makes it, there's so much code that you're not using then as opposed to being really specific to the thing that you want to do, which is like just read or just write. And then using that makes it a lot more cleaner. Yeah, totally. Have you guys ever violated this principle? I like to think that I have. I think that there may have been times <laughs> where, I mean, like even reading what I mentioned before, the idea of, oh, you have this interface and then like you're just going to, you throw an exception whenever this method gets called. Like I think in my old Java days, I feel like that's happened in the past. Yes. Did I have good reasoning? Probably not. I'm being honest here, but it was just like, oh, I can implement this. Boom. Oh, well, we're never going to call that. So just throw an error when it happens kind of deal. I feel like a lot of times you can sort of rationalize like, well, you know, maybe someday I'll want this method and it would be a pain in the ass to make a whole new interface. (laughs) It's just one line, right? Just one throw exception. Who's looking at it? Don't worry about it. (laughs) I mean, I imagine it's when it gets to seven or eight different methods that you're throwing exceptions for where you have to kind of look at the code and say, okay, well. If this interface is not doing half of these methods, then we should figure out how to split it up, I guess is the idea. Yeah, sometimes if you're trying to really slot a bunch of different behavior into objects that you're using in a really general way, sometimes it can be tough to figure out what the right abstraction is. When you have more and more methods, like it becomes harder to think about, okay, what actually is the thing? The example of the reader, it's really clear that this thing just, you can read with it. But like when you start adding more and more methods, then I feel like that's when you get in that situation where you need to start throwing exceptions or having forced or weird default behaviors that maybe don't make sense. When are we going to get to the point where the code can just infer from usage what the interface should be? We've got implicit typing, right? Where the code can tell, oh, because you're assigning an integer to this variable, this variable should be type integer, right? And that technology has gotten better so that more and more things are implicit. Why couldn't the code also check and see what methods are called or what methods could be called on an object and then just implicitly infer what methods should be in the interface? I mean, I guess that's kind of what happens in Ruby, Python, JavaScript, all those languages, right? Because we don't actually define an interface unless you're using like newfangled type annotations or whatever. You don't have to define the interface. So it's just 
going by the old duck typing method where if it has that method with this interface and it returns the right thing and it doesn't blow up then it works and you don't have to really name the fact that it has a read method that it is a reader yeah i mean i think it would be cool though if they did have an interface so that the editor could complain if you through static analysis could determine that there could potentially be an error Mm. yeah that's true I mean, what about Lodash, for example? It's a huge framework of all these different methods. But the idea that you only import a couple of methods out of Lodash, I think we have something of that nature right now. Because like Lodash is the Swiss army knife of all your JavaScript functions. But if you only use like four or five of them, before in time, you had to import the entire thing in order to use it. But now with, I think it's tree shaking, some weird nonsense name they gave for this. But the idea that if you take like, if you only use four or five different methods within Lodash, then it will actually, even though you have it in your system, it would only actually build the four or five methods that it actually uses. So I think there is some kind of tech for this kind of inferring what interface methods can and cannot be used. But in terms of developing an interface ourselves, we need to make sure that we don't allow it to happen, I guess. Yeah, I haven't seen it where it will automatically infer what the interface is. There are some like tools for the Ruby type checker. I haven't looked too closely into it, but like uh, the people who are working on that were like coming up with tooling that like monitors your code in production and figures out what types are going through and what it might be but in go we would just define an interface alongside the thing that was using it and just make it as specific as possible to what we were trying to do which had the downside of like potentially being duplicated if it was used in multiple places and being a little bit separated from the actual implementation but if you have a nice editor then that can help you with that. Definitely a believer in JetBrains for static cyclotypes. Oh yeah, JetBrains would definitely help you with that. I thought people escaped to languages like Ruby and Python to escape from all the type checking and the screaming that you get from your other editors, uh, which is why people like the duck typing aspect of Ruby. Don't violate the interface specificity principle. <laughs> you ensure that your code uh, runs well as well as it can. Just that it's clear for the developer who has to implement and use the interface to ensure that that's not cluttered with all these methods that you may or may not use if you create a new object that extends from it. Yeah, even if you don't like an interface in the code explicitly, it still makes it easier if the duct type that you're going for is consistent and focused and specific. All right, are we going to actually change the name to Interface Specificity Principle? I'm down. I think I've gotten used <laughs> to saying that. Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna, ready. Are we going to edit Wikipedia now? <laughs> yeah, I think we should do that. We should definitely change it right now. <laughs> Anyone who's listening, if you want to go and try and change it, see what happens. Yeah, let's leave it to them. You guys, <laughs> you guys go change it if you like it. Oh, man. Follow us now on Twitter at Radio Free Rabbit so we can keep the conversation going. Like what you hear? Give us a five-star review and help developers just like you find their way into the rabbit hole. And never miss an episode. Subscribe now however you listen to your favorite podcast. On behalf of our producer extraordinaire, William Jeffries, and my amazing co-host, Dave Anderson, 
and me, your host, Michael Nunez. Thanks for listening to The Rabbit Hole.